welcome back to Audio Pong. My name is Zach, as you know, and I'm here with Marco. And today we got a special guest, Jason from Public Access America. How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for having me. So you run a, a, a political-based uh, podcast, correct? It's getting to be more. It's it's more topics of the week, and then we just try and bring common sense to them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What kind of topics have you been hitting lately? What were we just had a great episode about China? You know, the rise and fall of modern day China, which I think is amazing because I didn't know either one of us knew as much as we did about the region. And okay. So that's cool. You know, I called it uh, is Xi Jinping, Xi Jinping breaking China. And that's a risk, I think, putting, putting that out on the air. So, yeah. Oh, well, it would definitely be a risk if you were in Asia, like right. anywhere in Asia. But I, I think it's important to get the information out there. And so I always think that giving that information to people before they're lied to about it gives them more of a chance to believe the truth. And we had Marco on for a great episode called The Violinist, um, Equality and Rights and stuff. And that was a great episode. So One of my favorite things about your show, Jason, is the amount of guests that you guys have. You guys have a lot of interesting guests on your show. Yeah. And uh, that's something that we want to we want to take a page out of your book, actually, and do more. Like we talked before the show, a dream position would be to have guests on where we that are willing to answer or at least listen to uncomfortable questions you know what i mean like they can really make them think that sort of thing see and my dream is to work with a group of podcasts to share the guests because i think that's a good idea i think there's always an origin story with a guest but but to have that person on again and again and again begins to make them an authority that you can trust because you've grown Mm -hmm. up with them. So having a guest on once is kind of like, look what we can do. But having a guest on three or four times, you start getting to the meat of their beliefs. And so that's what I'm hoping is that I can rotate like Deja from Philadelphia and have her on other shows. So that she was very interesting, right? That's the second most popular show is outrage sells eyeballs, you know, and that was (laughs) just her, um, her run for office. So I want to get her back on, you know? I think you make an excellent point. Because um, I was thinking about that my, earlier myself. You, you put it perfectly. It's like a char- like a backstory, like a character yeah. backstory to a person. Right. And I know that there, in the past, like back in the days of listening to radio shows, when I used to listen to the radio, one of my favorite things is returning guests that were like really funny, you know, that mm-hmm. they, and they felt unhinged. Like they weren't part of the, the framework of the show. So they didn't have exactly. to answer to any advertisers or a boss, you know, they could just kind of say what they wanted and be what they wanted, which right. is a nice Liberty to have when you're a guest, you know? Yeah. So that's a great idea. We'll definitely have to do that. Who would you like to have on the, on the show? Zach? what kind of person? Really what I find interesting, even in like day to day is like when people are passionate about what they're doing, passionate about their job, like in their career field. Like I had a dentist once who, um, he was just really excited to talk about dentistry. Whenever I would like go in for like a filling or have a, a tooth extraction or anything, um, he was just really excited to to talk about it. I'm like, dude, you make me excited to listen. Like, I just want to know everything about being a dentist now, and I couldn't care less by anyone else's like you know interpretation of of their of that job. But the way he's talked about it was was very engaging so like if just to have guests on like that that are passionate about what they do i think that's really what uh you know uh, grabs people's attentions i like that 
I also feel, don't you think, don't you guys agree that um, podcasting is sort of like comedy where you can, I think Dave Chappelle said it, where you can use everything in your repertoire, you know, like all your knowledge and experiences mm. to bring forth some kind of interesting discussion. Right. Well, I kind of feel that way about any art form, really. I mean, art, that's what art's about is, is uh, corrupting your, 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 your hard drive, right? And then just like using all those different streams of, of influences into a singular singular uh production you had that tweet by the way is art for the artist or for the person watching the art yeah and that one that one hurt my head for a long time because i think art is art (laughs) like i always think of the statue of david right like if Mm -hmm. you look at it from behind it's just a big ass but if you look at it from the front it's a giant dick right (laughs) so that's my philosophy on how you see the world you know from perspective and angles art is right art and i don't think anyone else sees the, the statue of david like that <laughs> you know it's funny when it comes to like especially like ancient art like that a lot of the stuff that impresses me is anything that has to do with mimicry of like flow or cloth dude because having tried to sculpt in my past i, oh, wow. I think the amount of like skill it takes to turn something as hard as rock or marble Mm-hmm. into like cloth or chain or net you know anything that that's um wow you know what i mean that's like a like that kind of material organic. yeah yeah uh-huh. well yeah right organic as in just movement and flow and stuff like that right um, yeah there, there's a marble statue of i forget what it is i think it's like the golden arrow or whatever but it's literally mm. like this girl like in a veil and like and, and drapes and it wow. just looks like pure cloth and there's like points of contact that are like pushing in and stuff and it looks it it, it makes it, me it mad looks like it, it makes me mad how off. good it is yeah. it's like i could never yeah. do anything that good and yeah. it's like that sucks that reminds me of the terracotta warriors right yeah yeah yeah, yeah those are cool too they were all individual like there was people sleeping you know in other rooms and horses and how much time that took to make and then how much time for the the people that found it to build it back together you know isn't that interesting? I, I feel like yeah. that's something hard work is something that no matter where, well, no matter what the job is, it's, it's instantly respected. And yeah. anyone who doesn't respect hard work, they're treated with distrust or even disdain. I think that's appropriate. Don't you know, oh, that's I think that's like, why wouldn't you respect hard work of any kind, especially, you know, if the effort is positive, like in art, which it usually is. Cause I feel like art is sort of the way art, I think what art does for as a, as a useful thing to the, to the, the human race is it opens up conversation. Mm. It, it lets people of uh, disagreeing yeah, yeah, ideals, sure. you know, start to talk. Yeah. It's also, I mean, what is, what's the first thing to do? What's the first yeah. thing you do after you leave a movie theater with a group of friends? Like, Oh, what'd you think of the movie? Oh, I like this part. This part was cool. This yeah. part was like weird. So yeah, it definitely opens up conversation. I would say for sure. It also uh, puts the focus on something other than our differences, right? So 50 people Mm. can look at the same piece of art and focus on that and not think about how the guy next to him is a Muslim or transgender, you know? Right. That's also cool. I wonder, well, okay, so let's actually talk about identity politics a little bit because I I, I feel this is a conversation that... uh, I always want a cigar and a glass of mead when I mm. <laughs> when politics comes up just so that my brain can relax. I don't get like triggered or, or, you know, upset or whatever. Right. I rarely do, but you never know. Um, I f- one, one thought I had recently is how prevalent 
would identity politics in any way matter if life was more dangerous, life was more desperate, right? This seems to be a very modern problem. I don't, I don't agree with the, I, the philosophy or the, the premise, the claim that um, this identity structure has just been hiding in the shadows for all of man's existence and that now it's safe to come out that that's why it's so prolific. But I don't agree with that. I think, I think this is more of like the, uh, a product of a relaxed mind, right? Of a, of a safe person, uh, the apes that we are, we we're naked, right? We don't have our fur anymore. We don't have our tails. We can't escape like we used to. We're, we're sluggish and slow and mm. we're, we're more concerned with things of the mind and I, and ID, like how we identify has become this, it's almost like a video game in our heads. We should have talked about it on the last episode. Like it's it's like a game almost we're playing with ourselves, or some people are not. Not life, everybody. Life is a video game. It's all stages. It is. Yeah, I, I disagree though, it, like a lot because if you go back in time, um, we've always been dealing with identity in, in itself. Like in group, out groups have always been a thing. You're all the more the scarcer the resources, the the finite your group becomes. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're less inclusive, I would say, and you're you know the you know homosexuality has always been uh persecuted like for like just like stoning them and stuff like that it's always been pretty rough you know for certain um uh i don't know what you want to call the identity groups i guess you could say like, once they were identified i think in in rome it, they were free to be whatever they wanted to be as long as well, yeah they right it's different cultures too is they had the means to do it like they used to they had gladiators so that they could have sex with them gladiators were were sex workers and then they went out and fought so <laughs> you know yeah. it's just and then what you who's per, who's doing the persecuting you know yeah once 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 the church said you need to procreate because we need people in the pews donating then suddenly everything we're fighting a holy war right right then suddenly everything that wasn't about procreation became a sin do you think that if we continue i think a big maybe i'm wrong but i feel like a part of like um liberal progressive movements is to sort of homogenize identity even though right now it isn't i feel like at its base that's that's originally what it's trying to do it's trying to make everybody just seem you know there isn't color there isn't gender there isn't like we're all just sort of like these gray aliens for lack of a better term yeah. but that seems to push us in directions that um reduce our liberty that's a so can we have liberty? Can we have more? Is is that part of the recipe? Is is having more liberties meaning that we have more segregation? That we that we argue more often? Mm -mm, is that care. the price for liberty, or do we do we give up liberties in order to feel more like the same? And when we do, is that worth it? I feel you're missing the point. Hmm. I'm sorry. Um, so here's the thing: I'm a heterosexual white male. Now I'm a gay white male. Now I'm a bisexual, pansexual white male. You know what I mean? It's giving me the freedom to explore all that and come back to who I really am. It's not about telling you you have to be open. You have to find an identity. It's about saying the identity you have right now can change at any time if you want it to. If you don't want it to, you can go on being the identity that you're comfortable with. But if you're not, there's other ones out there. We're going to give you the information about that. And if you want to explore that, you can. Isn't that already established? I feel like we already live that way. Why, why do we feel now that it's under attack or that there are roadblocks? 
I feel like when I've always met, at least for me, when I met people that were, you know, different than me, which is pretty much everybody really, whether they're straight or not, um, you know, my range is like, oh, that's interesting. That's how this person is. They're not harming anyone. We're done. That would, that would say end of the discussion in my head, you know, but now it's brought down to the ideological level. You know, that makes any sense. Disabled people, they just became non-institutionalized in the late seventies, early eighties, like Gay people, right. gay people couldn't get married until just recently, right? Like women couldn't even have an abortion 50 years ago. Um, transgendered, that's crazy. You had to go to another country to even attempt that. So where we are right now is an amazing advancement in just giving people the space to be who they want to be without without judgment because that's what I wanted to know. Judgment, what are you judging it on? Like that transgender person that feels like they want to be transgender, are you judging that based on you? Of course you don't like that. You don't want to be transgender, but you're not them. And so giving everybody the space to be like, I shouldn't give a fuck. I don't need to give a fuck and go do your thing. Just be happy as fuck. I think is important. Like politics, politics is the bending of humanity to your will. And humans are humans and sometimes guess what they migrate from peru to canada and they go through the united states sometimes they go back so it's i think it's about giving people freedom and i think that scares certain people that have power you know know, the only thing that scares me is that there is that we might get laws that demand i'm okay with it or demand or that i'm that i'm punished if i don't and just by Uh, thought crime you know, that, that is a worry I have. Cause I see that I happening in Canada and yeah. I think that's crossing a line. Cause I think I agree with you. Everything you just said, I, I 100% agree with, you sure. know, I often make the joke. It's like, you know, I don't care if, you know, mm-hmm. you go home and let your cat lick peanut butter off your toes. Like good for you. Good for the cat. You know, that's right. like, <laughs> no one's getting hurt. As long that's as you're right. not hurt. That's my policy. If you're not hurting anyone other than, and including yourself, as long as you're not hurting anyone with your beliefs or your practice, your actions, I think that's fine. Really, right. I was talking. I was talking. Oh no, yeah, no, I totally agree with that. I think everyone should have the ability to do and think and say what they want. You know, it's it's got to be one of the most important freedoms is freedom of expression and speech and all that. You know, so and I really don't care like what color you are, what 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 you identify as, what your beliefs are. It doesn't matter to me. On if anything, I actually like that the the differences because then it allows me to see the world from different perspectives, which I think yes. is important. That's my so, dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know for sure. That's why I like having conversations with people that disagree with me, because that way I can actually learn something. You know, it's like, oh, okay, so there's another way to see it. Like, awesome. I can actually like, you know, yeah. kind of like try and see what you think, and then I can add that to my mind as well. And maybe yeah. I don't see it completely the way you do, but maybe I'll understand that point of view better, and I'll be able to see the world from another perspective, which I think is very important to to do. Yeah. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, we just, we can't give a shit about each other that way. I had a point and I was just listening to Zach and I loved it. I was talking to this woman one day and she, she, she asked if I wanted to sleep with her. And I was like, I sure. But the truth is, is what's in your pants isn't the most interesting thing about you. And she couldn't get past that, that I was talking to her because of her perspective, not because of her gender, (laughs) you know what I mean? And I think getting past that is important. And I think risking making the mistakes is important. And having a podcast means those mistakes in the conversation, 
they, they go on. And so somebody in Texas that doesn't know how to refer to a transgender person, hears me make the mistake. And then they're like, okay, I'm not an idiot. And then they, it gets corrected. And suddenly we all know, right? So I think that's what podcasting is important for. Well, I, I, uh, I'm a king of, uh, no inhibitions. <laughs> I don't right. care. And I'm actually trying to change. I was going to pose, I was going to bring that up. It's like, I think it's just a fear of aging deep down, you know, that because I can't think of a better answer, but the reason that intimacy matters more to me now, as I'm getting older and now that I'm in my forties, it's actually mattering again. Like it mattered when I first started dating, right? Late teens, early twenties. I, I was such a knight. Oh boy. I thought I was going to bring chivalry back to the world. You know, I'd, I'd read well, nothing but poetry and went to art museums. I thought, I know how to fix this. I was so wrong. Instead, it turned me into the monster I was avoiding. And I did that for 20 years. <laughs> stared to the abyss and abyss stares back. Yeah. So it's just like I always say, you treat, you treat someone like a villain long enough, they'll start acting like one. Well, that's, that's how I felt the world was treating me. So I started acting like one, yeah. but now I, um, the reason I, I bring up that point is because you mentioned, you know, you went from being offered physical pleasure mm -hmm. to immediately um, sort of doubling down on your win. In, in from my perspective, like, you know, that was something I would never do. I would never, when I already got what I want, I'm done with the compliments. I'm done oh with God, any adulation. Yeah. It's like, all right, just get in my car. Let's, let's go and then get back to the club as quickly as possible. Cause I don't want to <laughs> stop dancing, <laughs> which I have done. Right. So, um, yeah, that's uh, maybe I'll try that. That's almost like a. It's almost like you got you got hit on, and then you hit on her back. Mm -hmm. that's, women, so women what say happened? That I am in a constant hit on mode because <laughs> I'm very genuine. I look in a woman's eyes. I learned that in My Blue Heaven. Uh, Steve Martin mm. said that. Yeah, it's a great movie. He said, "I will always get the woman because I will always look her in the eyes, and you." Mm. And I was like. Oh, so if you grab a woman's hand and you glance up at her and you bite your lip and look back down, that's a moment you're never going to get after sex. You know what I mean? So get those no, there's something to, yeah, there's something to say about intimacy for sure. Especially, yeah. uh, I like the Japanese, a big thing with Japanese apparently is foreplay. And that's why I think Japanese women are going to love me when I, when I get to Japan. <laughs> like, I'm already, planning, I'm already planning a vacation within the vacation, you know, right. but, um, that, that is something at least here in the Midwest I've noticed. Wow. What do I know? Illinois, Northern Illinois, man, uh, my experiences, again, I don't want to sound like I'm blaming women for it, even though they are the other half of the equation, but <laughs> there is a lack there's it's somewhere inside me. There's still this desire for romance, right? There's, I'm still technically a hopeless romantic. Mm. I've just been hiding him. Right. And instead being, you know, the, the total Chad, the Robin hood, sorry, Chad, by the way, if you're listening. And, um, we have a friend named Chad and I know he doesn't like it, but, uh, it's a, you know, it's a meme and it is the Chad is the, uh, the douchebag Robin hood. I don't Chad, know. I don't Chad know if you want to like describe that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys ever gone. I'm like, what, you know, let's talk about sex life now. Love life. All right. I'll, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll stay <laughs> single for like a long time. If I can't find someone who I click with first, like with a personality, like I'm not going to like go, you know, get with a girl just because she's attractive. Like I have to like, I have to be able to have a conversation with you. Like that's important to me because that's like 80, 70% of the, the, the life with that person is talking to them and being yeah. around them. So you have to make sure you're okay with that person. So I don't know. To me, that's very important. I call myself retired from the industry. I don't date <laughs> anymore. Like asexual grayscale. Like I'm just not looking for it anymore because there yeah. isn't, 
there isn't anybody that somebody once uh, Lauren, oh, she's a dating expert, Lauren, I'm going to call her Lauren, said, you have a list of 20 needs. You need to re- we need to rename that once and recreate your list with three needs because mm. you're never going to find 20 things to match with with somebody. You want to evolve beyond that anyway. So you need, what are your needs? Uh, financial protection, you know what I mean? Security. My late wife, mm. I told her, I said, you could find a, a, a man. She was Asian. I said, you could find a guy that works in tech making $100,000, $200,000 a year and live happy. And she said, they would never be there for me like you can. You're yeah, that's true. You're always home. You can take care of my mom. So it was different needs for different people. You mm. know what I mean? That's a lot. We should make, let's, let's try that. I'm going to turn it on because now you got me thinking. Yeah, like, what, now are three thinking needs? what are my needs? Because right. I got a lot of wants. Right. <laughs> what, what, are, what are the needs? All right. So I'll start. My my three needs. Um, well, one that just pops in my head right away is hygiene. Mm. That shit, shit's got to be clean. You got to be clean, especially the mouth and the genitals. Like, you yeah. got to be clean. Like, someone Florida, who takes care bro. of themselves. What's that? <laughs> I'm in Florida. Mouth and genitals are a problem here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a swamp. swampy state. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I'm a hypocrite when I say this because obviously there have been exceptions. Oh, boy. Hmm. But um, definitely that's num- that's one. I think two, um, I did it, the visuals. Zach knows what I'm going to say. I'm a, I'm a tit guy. I mean, if she looks like a reverse. <laughs> oh <my God>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's got to look like the reverse of the letter S from the side. Then, um, whew, then I, th- these are all technically weaknesses too. Like when someone has all three of these things, I'm stupid. I, right. I don't even know who I'm meeting or trying to get with at that right. point. And I think the third one is um, feminine. I like feminine women. And I don't mean like necessarily submissive, but just feminine in general. You know, like a, a lady, a lady's lady, like a classical lady, you know, right. she, she'll, when she dresses up, it's in a dress, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, I don't know, maybe it's like, you know, 80s mob boss girlfriend, but whatever, that's my thing. So. Mental or physical? Uh, Well, that, yeah, I mean, obviously, if it's mental, it portrays physical, you know, if it comes out visually that way, I feel whatever starts in, inside comes out visually, right, and for all of us. Would you want, oh, would yeah. you want, would you want a hot, perfect girl with big boobs that can drink and chug beer and burp and watch a football game with you? No. Or, right. So I'm men- very turned off by that, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I uh, baseball be- caps. Why do you put your Tinder profile with a baseball cap? I'll never understand it. I don't even know why people put masks. Like, I get it. That's cool if you wear a mask when you go out for once on your goddamn picture. <laughs> it's it's almost like you're shaming me. Good. Like you're trying yeah. to. It's a filter, right? It's a it's a psychological filter. It's like yeah. vax. Everyone's free, and then you got the mask on every picture. It's like, oh well, you know. Yeah. Make sure you lube. That thing's gonna dry up on you. You know, it's like good luck. <laughs> but um, all right. So those are my three. I don't know who yeah. wants to go next. I'll go next. Okay. So my. Okay. I guess my three needs would be someone who's healthy, kind of like in shape, you know, takes care of themselves. That's important Mm. to me because I spend a lot of time doing that for myself. Um, Also, I would like to spend a life with this person, (laughs) you know, and a healthy life is a lot better than a life full of disease and and, Mm. and rot. Um, And then next would be someone who has ambition, someone who wants more out of life and is working on goals and things like that. Um, and then thirdly, just a weird ass motherfucker. Someone who just like has strange thoughts, who, who who's kind of aggressive, um, you know, just like a weird girl. I like it. 
it, it like Wednesday like, Adams. It sounds like Wednesday yes, Adams. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, exactly like Wednesday. You know, maybe a little more life to it though. <laughs> she, she's yeah. too dead with it, but that's okay yeah. too. It's just as long as you can match my weird ass self with with your weird personality. That that's that cool. that gets me. I want How to about piggyback. You? I want to piggyback on all of those. I want that woman. <laughs> <laughs> just yes. Where's this check bar? Yes. But I, I think I I want honesty. I want mm. somebody that's going to tell me when I look like an idiot or I'm about to look like an idiot. Mm, or, yeah, honesty is good. If what something's wrong, when it's wrong, not let it build up for a month or two and then be like, I hate communication. Yeah, right. I need honesty. I need loyalty. Like if we're committed. I don't need you spending the whole relationship looking for my flaws. I need you to work on us together. And I think mm. that's cool. And I've had that a lot. So I like loyalty and then compatibility. Like nothing can change anything if you're just not compatible. But then I also want Wednesday Adams with the big breast. That's kind of fun. See, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, so like, I, was just, I was just thinking like, man, his answer is so much smarter than mine. But then like in my mind, there's like this, Big Teddy Elvira is like, whatever. Right. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you can't have it all, right? I'm sure it's the same way for them for us or just in a slightly different thing. That's a big thing on TikTok lately, though, is uh, masculinity. And I've, I've been saying masculinity has been under attack since I was a kid. Like, even as a kid, I felt like masculinity is under attack in, in all kinds yeah. of ways. I don't think that's healthy. No, that's why I, I don't think that's smart. Saying. Roseanne was the worst show. I hated it. It promoted women being bitches to men for no reason at all. Right. How good of a husband mm. was he? Like, he always took care of the kids. Yeah. He never missed a day of work. Right. Like, she took days off all the time. He never took off a single day of work. I watched the show. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I was watching everything. Like, I didn't know it was MGTOW and that shit while I was nine watching it because I was like, that's what I was doing. <laughs> right. I, I think women need to have respect for the men. And I, yeah, on TikTok, there's this big thing where good men are just dropping out. Like there's yeah. no women. Here's the thing. They want a relationship, but they don't really want to work towards that. What that is like the meeting. Hi, how are you doing? Let's get to know each other. Let's have lunch. Oh, that didn't work. Let's go to a movie. Oh, that didn't work. They don't want that. They want you to commit to the relationship and then backtrack. And I can't do that. So I think good men are dropping out and the bad men are saying, I'll give you a relationship. And well, it's opportunity. Yeah. Right. And so I it's, think women yeah. are getting disenfranchised with our franchise. And there's a lot of yeah. good guys out here that are looking just for an honest woman of various sizing breasts and butts. She's going to have huge tracts of land. You know, <laughs> I, I've always, I agree. And I, one thing I was, I've been thinking again, since I, I've thought about since I was a kid was that this whole concept that being a good guy, it means you're weak. I hate right. that. I think actually it says the opposite harder. It's a lot oh, it to be is. A good guy, dude. Yeah, I mean, like you know how many times I've wanted to just beat down some ass, and I'm just like, no, nah, exactly. you can't, you can't do that. It's not okay. Your mother taught you better. You, you mm -hmm. solve your stuff with words, you know. It's white knights. No, I agree. I think that I also think like, um, I I said this to again our friend Chad once, and I know it hit him, it hit him good. He had to think about it. But I'm like, you know, dude, you consider what's fragile about you, what you consider soft about you to be weak, but it takes great strength to defend those things. And that's why you're strong. And that's how I've always felt, too. Like, just like you said, Zach, it's like, look, the caveman is there. The, you know, Cro-Magnum man is ready to just throw you up against the wall and then knock you out, like right. your brain out with a stone. Like, I'm always talking to that 
that person. He's there all the time. He's here <laughs> oh, now. I'm, I'm holding him back. I'm calling him out. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, that I think if if I may, Zach, I think that's actually the like the definition of a good man, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I I think yeah, always doing the right thing when it's the hardest thing to do is the most important aspect of that. That's how because you know there's, what so, the there's right so many times is. when you could just mm-hmm. hey, I found this twenty next to my uh my server's table. I could just you know take that. They ain't gonna know. And then mm-hmm. like, um, but then you're like, no, because that's really shitty. Like, what if that was your 20 and that was falling on the ground? Like, you'd want that back. Like, so promote, you know, good things around you and good things will come back to you, too. Yeah, that's how you know the right decision. It's the harder, harder thing. <laughs> yeah, right. No, for every sure. Time, every time. I mean, I've lost out on a couple things in those decision making processes, but I mm-hmm. have I've been vindicated more often than not because i didn't pick up that 20 and somebody was like haha i tested you and i was like oh i wasn't gonna do it anyway it's <laughs> you know? on a fishing line <laughs> right well like in a, you know you play poker with a bunch of stoners and and money falls on the ground and yeah i had yeah. a friend pick up he's like i just i i just found 110 bucks and i was like i just lost 110 he gave it to me without question because i had you know and i like yeah it. that's that's important. Well, if you're, if you know it is because who, who has to live with the shitty version of you? you Only you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like yeah, you carry that person around. Yeah. yeah. Well, that too. Yeah. My analogy is that we're all going down the river and there's people we know on the banks taking pictures and all they can have to remember us by is that picture, that one minute, but we're on the mm. the whole time. So if, if we go by screaming and carrying, carrying and chatting out, that's the picture they have of us. That's all mm-hmm. they have to know about us. So mm-hmm. yeah. You just describe social media, by the way. Right. <laughs> pretty much well, it's just a, a it's just a constant reel of insanity <laughs> <laughs> there's the old like religious thing too like where the the road of life to heaven or hell and the road to hell is like paved and it's all nice and it's easy to go down but the road yeah. to heaven is crooked and, it, and there's cracks and there's a, a bunch of debris in the way like and that's the way to heaven because that's the harder route yeah and that's i mean if you want a good life you gotta do the hard thing I think so. Yeah. Well, because I think I, wonder, I think in the end, yeah. what what death is is you are either full of guilt, and that's what it is, or you can be like, all right, I did everything. Like if my life was to flash before my eyes and every decision was before me, I think I made the right decision. You know. Hmm. Sometimes, that's an interesting way to look at. It. Do you believe there's life after death? Do you think that your think, actions in life will be judged? I think your brain degrades, and that's what you're left with, and that's what they're calling heaven or hell. Those those 36 hours as your brain dies and decays i think that's what heaven or hell is oh you mean like like assuming you weren't you know didn't have your head blown off or something right like your brain just just natural death or something like your brain is dying i didn't know about that statistic or that stat that's interesting well that's terrifying (laughs) <laughs> that's like a bad trip because i've had bad trips i don't well, want to have a, a bad trip for the last 36 hours <laughs> well i think that's the what one? it is the as your brain band? that's a uh, so your right? body your, your my, brain produces its own dmt and then right. when you, die, you release it right right so it's called the pineal okay that's the pineal gland which is like the size of like an acorn or something like that it's really yeah. or even smaller um that's the size I, of my brain so. <laughs> yeah you know um, but, but that's what, uh, it degrade it like it releases into your, your body and you have this right. euphoric state of, of mind. And that's where people with near death experiences start to, 
um, had these like visions and stuff like that, saying they saw white light and all this other, you know, yeah, fantastic imagery. Have you ever done uh, psychedelics, Jason? You ever gone on a on a journey? Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, Tell us about it. I want to know. I love I'd, hearing trip stories. By the time I was eighteen, I had done over two hundred and fifty hits of acid. <laughs> like that year, um, or between, life between, overall. Between thirteen and eighteen, so like five years. Holy Jeez. shit! Really? Yeah. Wow, you started so young. Thirteen. How'd you I get? In, can you talk about that? Can, how'd you get introduced to acid at thirteen? Uh, junior high, I met a guy that hung out at a bowling alley, and then we made friends. <laughs> Fucking and bowling friends alleys, man! And, uh, in Addison, there it was, was so much Stardust. acid in bowling alleys. Yeah. yeah, and some guy walked in. He said, "Stick your tongue out," and I did. And he went, Boop. and then I just led people on a snow adventure. <laughs> like Dude, I walked through the snow for two hours, and everybody followed me. And that's I so. On that's... Windows. <laughs> oh, no. That guy's such a piece of shit, but at the same time, that's yeah. kind of cool that he did that to you. Yeah, like, that's, that's, I mean, maybe mainly not, but you know, right? Yeah, thirteen. That's oh, a little young to be messing with some kid. <laughs> oh, he was my. You age. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was my age. He just come from oh, okay. Wisconsin. He relocated to Wisconsin. He was trying to make friends. He did that to everybody, by the way. <laughs> he bought a sheet just to make the friends. Whole bowling, he, just, he dope the whole bowling alley. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I've never done it and I won't, but I thought, I've thought about this several times, like, especially when I was tripping on acid, like mm. this shit is so cheap. How do people not just go around to like lemonade stands or festivals and right. just drop this shit all over the place? Maybe they do. And I, you know, who would know? Well, that's what MK, <laughs> MK ultra was. They, they, yeah. uh, they tam uh, tampered with the uh, supply and they uh, gave it to a bunch of like uh, people to see if they can control them. Mm. I yeah, think it was mostly in the black shit, communities though. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. It's well. We're. It's well, I feel like we're. We're, <laughs> guinea, we're guinea pigs. We're guinea pigs, man. Even like this whole COVID thing with the vaccine, it's hundred percent guinea pig. Thank Hundred percent. I mean, just logic based. Like, who who else was it tested on? Us. Thank just God. Just like anything else. Well, the technology is ten years old. It's been tested on everything else. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. The the the, suit, the suitcase like that they created to put the RNA in is like ten years old. Mm -hmm. like, but then putting the RNA in that that wasn't tested that much, but it was tested overseas for um, the same period of time. Did you guys get vaccinated? I'm mm -hmm. just curious. Heck yeah. Are you like full boosted and everything? No, I need one more boost. I got lazy. how many boosts are they up to now? Uh, I would get my third. Wow. Okay. Third boost. So is it going to be like one a year? Like, is it going to be like the flu then? Like every year you're going to need a, a shot basically. Maybe, maybe. I Until think that's how it's going to end up. Super one, the super vaccination. Here's the bird like flu, Apollo. flu, yeah, polio, everything in one. Just Why don't they just do? You know what's interesting to me is that um, a friend of mine. I don't know if this is true or not, but a friend of mine's in the military, and he was saying that one thing that was concerning to him was that in the military, for example, when you first join a boot, they give you like they give you this massive shot, this right. like vaccine, right, that goes in your ass. I've never been in the army or the military, so I've just been. I've heard this many times, right. And he's like, they, they said it's terrible. You got to train in it. It feels like there's a cement ball in your ass for like two weeks. And my buddy was saying, who's a, I think he's a, he's a, he's a, what you call that? Not a trainer. He's a, a drill sergeant. Hmm. And, uh, and he was talking about how that he's like, if, it's so important. Why didn't they add it to, to that? Why isn't it mandatory in the military? I guess it is to something, but it's separate. And that, he said that was strange that, that they would do it that way. And I wonder if that's political or if it's just, 
practical? Like how, how I don't I don't know how that works in region, the military for region based. If you're going to Africa, you need a different set than the Middle yeah. East as opposed to America. As opposed, a lot of guys will get a they'll get a shot when they're sent. When like mm-hmm. oh you're going to Saudi Arabia, here's what you need. You know yeah 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 it's good because every every part of the world, every continent, every you know region, yeah. there's all these different diseases that are prevalent, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Oh. And how hard is it just to send one infected person to a country, you know? I mean, that's happening right now. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like since since the dawn of man, we've been moving around <laughs> and getting people sick. <laughs> we only just we only just realized it what in the 1960s when they yeah. like discovered germs. But think about that. Right. Think of that since what 60 years? That's nothing. Yeah. That's nothing. That's one generation. And we're and we've got all this technology on top of that. So obviously yeah. we're complete idiots with everything we do. Yeah. <laughs> hundred years ago, we weren't even washing our hands. Like in the 1920s, yeah. they discovered x-rays and they were like, what do we do with this? Hey, hair removal. And so <laughs> for oh, 10, really? 15 years, they used x-ray, x-rays to remove hair. <laughs> it just got everybody sick. We're, oh, yeah. we're, oh. we're a messed up nation that way. But we try, right? We try. We create. Well, that's what I mean. We're guinea pigs. Like everything's yeah. just tested on the public. Like okay. really, that's where the real testing occurs. You know, yeah. is this toothpaste safe? Well, it didn't kill a hundred mice. So, <laughs> 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 well, how often do mice brush their teeth? I don't. I don't know. Like, yeah. Against their will only, I would think. Well, that's it. They discovered fluoride, and like they were like, yeah. "What do we do with fluoride?" They were like, "We don't know. Put it in kids' mouths." <laughs> so yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah. You know what was funny? I remember reading. Um, that the the like for, you were talking about radiation so the 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 level for testing the safety levels of radiation in the public is still is still the same levels used from world like post world war ii <laughs> and it's just to determine whether or not it cooks you that's right. it that's what's considered safe radiation <laughs> we have what how many cell towers like you know around yeah. us all the time yeah radio waves are constantly banging through our body isn't that weird that's weird to me yeah i oh, mean dinosaur. even with uh uranium uh, they would do like uh they would they had these girls that would write the the watches right the numbers and stuff they would ink it with the uranium and that would make it so it would glow in the dark and stuff so you could see it and one of the ways oh. to to like you know fine tune your uh your your brush is to put it yeah. in your mouth twist it and then be able then you can paint with it so it's more of a pointed edge and people girls yeah, were getting right, like yeah. they were dying from uranium poisoning oh my and, god because they yeah. were licking the brush and same thing the the term with oh a mad god. hatter it comes from that as well because they're like uranium was like a um a big part of creating hats or something to do with you know radiation like that so the mad hat yeah. like the character from alice in wonderland has something to well, do that's with an actual radiation. term it's not just the character it's a term what does it what does it mean then i didn't catch that so mad a mad hatter, hatter is someone who's gone crazy through radiation sickness oh. because of what with their work as a hatter oh, someone who makes hat don't you miss like i miss the old like especially like again like post-world war ii like definitions of stuff it's so it's so comic book like to me you know it's like shell shock it's not ptsd oh, it's dude, shell shock it's cool such a good word stuff. yeah like it really it george carlin did a bit about this in the 90s where you know he's like they keep changing 
words. They keep reinventing words to, you know, mean the same thing, but just feel softer. This whole political correctness. Mm. I hate political correctness. You, that's something <laughs> I don't think you can ever sell me on. It's like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather the most, you know, fascist Nazi idiot comes Antifa moron comes, comes rolling on my door and I have to listen to every stupid thing they have to say. I would rather deal with that than yeah. have some magic, you know, police wand to shut them up. And that goes for anybody. Well, yeah, no, I think freedom of speech for anyone is is important because, like, only that's the most way to, important liberty. The only way to correct bad speech is with good speech. You know, I agree. you just gotta you have to let you it win. Say the right things. Yeah, right. yeah, you gotta let it win because if you don't, then you don't, then you don't know who's winning. And that's a, that's where we're at right now. We don't know who's winning. <laughs> <laughs> there was a whole bunch of good stuff. I liked that. Mm. That's what, we, that's what we're aiming for, the good stuff. The good it's like stuff. the B-52s. Give us some of that good stuff. I think everybody has the right to say what they want, but everybody has the right to disagree with it. You know, that's, No, absolutely. That's, that's not yeah. something the government regulates, but I think your mom imparts to you in morals and values before you grow up. Like, right. I would never go up to somebody and go, you filthy black whatever. I wouldn't yeah. do that. Like, that's, not without a reason. That's implied. <laughs> Well, even, yeah, right. Right, right, right. right. Well, I had a Sorry. homeless guy come up to me and he was like, can I have some money for food? And I was like, you're standing in front of at Publix is the grocery store here. Mm -hmm. And they, they actually feed the homeless. If you say mm -hmm. I'm homeless, they'll give you food. And mm -hmm. so I was like, you're standing in front of Publix, you know, mm -hmm. you want, do you want some oranges? Like, he's like, my blood sugar's low. And I was like, have some oranges. And he's like, I don't want your fucking oranges. I want money. And I was like, then you yeah. don't want food. And right. I was like, I didn't call him anything. I just felt bad yeah. for him that he was in the life that he was in. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. he has the freedom to do what he wants, but it's up to me to be responsible with my reaction. Well, he, see, that's the thing. See, you, he thought you were a target and you weren't. And let right. me tell you, I got a story. For a year, I had this weird relationship with this girl named Danny. She lived in Indiana and she would come out on the weekends, like every fucking weekend for several months straight. She, and we did this through the winter. Even she would come out to take the train. Cause none of us had cars at my apartment in the city at the time. I like Danny. Yeah. And she, and she was, she was kind of weird. But one thing we did every weekend when she came out is we would go around the city and we'd help out homeless people. We'd buy them socks. We'd buy them gloves. We'd get them oh. food. Mostly we just bought them food because they'd be standing in front of like McDonald's. And right. we never asked them what they wanted. We would just surprise them with things we thought they needed, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, just to, just to be a broad, just to state, to summarize, after you're doing that for a year, I'm confident that 90% of those people living on that street are hustlers. They're, they're homeless by choice. And not really homeless. Like this is how they live. Right. There are, there are quite a few, 10% sounds like a small number, but it's not. That's a lot of people that are truly desperate. You know, they're mm -hmm. uneducated life. Life really took a shit on them. Their, their start to life sucked or they're, they're crazy. I mean, they're, you know, they're mentally ill. They had Chron something. They're chronically not, they're homeless. Not, right. Or they're just like, yep, yeah, no one to take care of them. No one wants to take care of them. Those right. people exist. And those people are suffering more because most of the people they have to deal with are not that way. They're there by choice. They're hustlers. They're like you said, they just wanted money. I can't tell you how many times, you know, I could just see the disdain in the guy's face or, right. um, you know, like I got sworn at or, you know, like racial slurs because I didn't give him money. Like you said, I, right. you know, I gave him what I thought he needed instead. So that was my experience in, in Chicago. That was like downtown and then like around Chicago yeah. proper. So in Washington state right now, there's 21,000 homeless people and there's 1,500 veterans that just can't find housing. And there's mm -hmm. 
there's 5,000 under the age of 18 that just ran away from bad conditions. And then there's, there's like 1,200 families that just lost their house and they're out there just trying. And then the, in all of that, if you eliminate all of those people, what you're left with is 5,000 chronic homeless people. And I think that's what we need to address. Like that family needs help, but it's not me. They need help from, right? <laughs> like That veteran needs help finding housing, but that's not me to, for me to do. So there's not a lot I can do for a homeless person, except ask the government to kind of fix what fucked them. And then when we get to the 5,000, then maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll find those hustlers and scammers and those people that are just there because it's convenient and lucrative, right? I wonder, yeah, uh, yeah I often wonder if, like, if there's any real, like, like most of our solutions actually do seem practical in nature, you know, like yeah. giving people what they need, right? It seems pretty straightforward. Oh, you don't have food, here's food. You need heat, here's heat. Right. You place to sleep, here's water, whatever. Necessities of life. But I do also see the other side of that practical argument is that this, this freezes people into that life. They don't, mm -hmm. they, they, they don't longer have a purpose other than just to exist. Right. Right. And so they're not, most people aren't going to live without purpose. They're going to, they're going to become criminals or they're going to do something else that finds that purpose. Some may actually get out of their predicament. Those are my favorite stories. Unfortunately, that's like the least occurring outcome. Well, that's for people the least that, you hear you know, about, I think. The least you hear about. Right. I don't know. Yeah, again, going on. But I watch these what? reality shows all the time and everybody's like, I was homeless and look at me now. So there's, Yeah. Yeah. I, what I do just, you really like to describe homeless? <laughs> Let me know what desperation yeah. meant to you. I think the media, I mean, I got a taste of desperation and that was enough to scare the shit out of me. So we'll never hear glory stories on in the media on either side. You know, Isn't that, that's sad though. It is it used sad. to be a thing. Yeah. When I was a kid, that was a thing in the eighties. Like the news always had a pretty, at least a 30% to 50% of the news was something positive. They didn't, they, right. and they never ended on a on negative note. Now yeah. it's all, it's a hundred percent negative. There's no real journalism. It seems it's all just opinionated opinion based reporting. That's not reporting. That's yeah. just a podcast. You yeah. just got a podcast <laughs> on the loudest microphone. You know that's what I mean? What I always say. Yeah, that's yeah. my problem with news is that like I don't know who's telling the truth and who's telling an opinion and who how to suss out the facts and just to, like it's it's like a full time job just watching right. the news alone like trying to figure out what's going on because you would yeah. have to watch several sources read several sources and you you would have to determine what their political viewpoint is on top of that so like what are you really reading you know how what, can you like how do you yeah. how do you determine that you know what I mean yeah. Like really, like what do we all rely on? Google, Wiki. That's all manipulated too. So it's like, well, yeah, exactly. How do, you, how do you cipher that as well? Where yeah. where does the line of roadblocking end? You know, applying yeah. end. I, it doesn't. I how mean, do you trust people? No history when, getting, completely. when people yeah. are getting their information from the same sources you are, you know, the same pool of sources, then how do you trust people? Well, like Toby Robin, you know, I think it's the name Toby Robinson, right, or Tony Robinson, Tony. the the helps the self help yeah. guru guy, yeah. Um, mm. he actually makes some pretty good points. Not that I think he's disingenuous, but, um, he, he brought up something that is really, it's not even his like philosophy. It's been around forever. The idea that you can like prime a mind, you can prime someone to believe a certain way, even by just handing them a, a warm drink or a cold drink uh -huh. right before you ask them mm -hmm. a, a serious question. Yeah. We talked about and it. We're constantly, in yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah. I was just bringing yeah. it up. Like, I was just saying, yeah. 
Yeah, no, I have, I have. You can prime people just with like what you're saying, the drink of water. It's like if you mm-hmm. want them to be warm and receptive to what you're about to say, you can hand them a cup of coffee or hot chocolate or something. But if it's like um, something negative that you're or something, you know, I don't know, but like a cold drink what of water wants to prime them should be, yeah. No, it is. It's yeah. manipulation. But I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing in all cases. I think it's okay. We can to, only determine to, that by, based on the outcome, right? Like, or your what, intentions, what happens, right? Like, what yeah. are you trying to to do? Are you trying to manipulate this person for your your own benefit? Or are you trying to do it so both parties can benefit? Every action is an, a manipulation, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I think, yeah, I agree. Every conversation, every, every action you take, every word yeah. you say. I bought, All right, my, so just I, bought my friend, I bought my friend a gift, some like a knife set for a new apartment. And she's like, that was so selfish. And I was like, why was getting you a gift selfish? And she's like, because it made you happy. You bought it because it made you happy, not because I needed it. And I was like, but you needed it. And she's like, yeah, but that's not why you bought it. You bought it to make yourself happy for doing something for me. There's a difference. And that hurt my head for like a year. That's yeah. hurting my head right now. I don't really get what she's saying, but that's also kind of shitty to say. <laughs> exactly. How do you separate? That's extremely that? rude. Yeah. That's the way like... I felt about it. I just wanted to get you something nice. And she's like, exactly. <laughs> you wanted to get me something nice. So how do you I give a gift to a person like to. that? How do you, how do you just kind of slowly back away? <laughs> <laughs> sounds like, that sounds like a woman's take, this take, out. That's take the knife back so she won't stab you. <laughs> right. Dude, I hate that little shit. Like, okay, so like talking about manipulators, my family has some master manipulators in there. So like when I see people trying to come at me with their weak manipulation tactics, it's like, no, mm. man, you got to try harder than that. And women yeah. pull the one you just talked about and you were talking about a woman. Yeah. And I hate that shit. It's like, okay, fine. Now you're going to argue with me that I don't give you enough gifts. Well, guess what? You ruined it. That's right. <laughs> you shit. Yeah. That's what happened. Gifts became transactions and she didn't get anything unless she specifically asked for it. And then we negotiated the terms of the agreement from there. Oh my Jeez. God, it's a contract for yeah. friendship. So did you ever get gifts from her? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So even yes. after that, she just like, did you pull that shit on her? Like, you're just doing this for yourself. You, no. you don't really want me to have a dildo. <laughs> you just think that it'd be funny. But <laughs> you just want it for yourself. No, but I, in her, she was an escort. And in her, mm-hmm. in her profession, that was the mindset she needed. And it kind well, of now spilled, it makes a lot of sense. It, it kind of spills over dated, personal relationship. I told her now it like, makes sense. I was like, "You are the worst baby baby doll ever," and she's like, "That's because I'm an escort." <laughs> I was like, "Oh," because I thought, "Oh, an older guy buys a younger girl nice things to keep her around." She was like, "No, these were all transactions that you never actually asked for anything from." And I was mm. like, "Oh, snap!" But I like no, you anyway. now it makes sense. Yeah, now it makes sense to me because I had the problem with. I dated two strippers and one escort. Well, kind of, but that's, I had the exact same problem. I couldn't give, I couldn't give them gifts, right. but that's because like you said, I understood their, their mentality around it. Yeah. Their, you know, their mindset around it. Yeah. But she did walk and up. And she had more money than me. So that's totally cool. That's right. She said, I, I'd like these shoes. And I was like, okay. So I sent her 60 bucks and she was like, well, what do you want for that? And I was like, I just wanted to prove to you that I don't want anything. I just want to see you happy. <laughs> you, know? like, you had yeah, a rough a life. You, you know? She came out of a hurricane. You think you know? that's true though? I feel like deep down, like whenever I buy a woman something, really what I'm saying is you need to give me a blowjob as soon as possible. <laughs> it's well, not. That's ridiculous. Is that just me? It would be nice. I mean, consideration, right? I <laughs> that's Cro-Magnum, Cro- Cro- man. You know, 
he's always behind. He's in the ponytail. He's like, yeah, that's right. Yeah, but you don't, you don't, you don't literally expect that to happen, do you? I mean, don't I? I don't know. Like, I, don't, I, mean, I mean, no, definitely don't. I mean, like, if I'm giving someone, like, my girlfriend flowers <laughs> and stuff, I'm literally just doing it because it's nice. So I get to see her happy, and that makes me right, happy. Right, It is right. kind of selfish, yeah, but I'm not looking for, like, sex at night or whatever, well, you know. It's I, like, I, this is just a cool little surprise to do because, I, you know, maybe I expect you to do a cool little surprise for me here and there. I think, you know, yeah, exactly. Like, I think what Marco is saying is enough nice things should eventually equal up to the one nice thing that he the wants. nicest thing, right? The thing I want all the time, right? <laughs> the thing I'm embarrassed yes, about yes. wanting. Right? I'm not saying that every man thinks this way. I feel like they do, but I'm just saying that I think like that's part of what I'm dealing with too. Like, right. and you know what? I can't say like I'm getting smarter. It's just I'm getting older. It's just I know my game. Thing, my game's too. dropping, man. I got to change the you know, put new wheels on, right. change the paint. Some women, some women will say that kind of thank you for a diamond. Others for a place to stay. You know what I mean? Just wow, that's a big jump. Just don't take advantage of the situation, right? Don't, don't. That's a thing. Don't say, "Hey, I have a place for you to stay." And when they get comfortable, go. Now you owe me. Always make the transaction ahead of time. You can stay for three days, and you give me a blowjob one of those days, and we can call it a day, and everything will work out. You but put I, that shit in writing, dude. That's some genius shit you're throwing out right but now. I think, you put that I think down in writing. Women live in the vagaries of men's embarrassment, and if men could overcome mm. it and just ask for what they want, women would know how to address that, right? Like, just tell me, whoa, whoa. You're, you're leaving tonight, but after this night, I can feel free to make my move, right? And then next time you see them, you can make your move because you know mm -hmm. it's okay. But we live in the vagaries. We don't want to say, hey, can you give me a blowjob? Because we think they don't want to, right? So, you know, I'm, I, that, I, 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 I just think they're, they're non vagary. That's yeah, right. I, I need know. a little more vagary in my life, a little more mystery. That's for sure. <laughs> You're too I, do, I'm way too upfront because I, uh, I agree. I, I don't, like you said, I don't want to take advantage of someone, right? right. So if all I want is physical, that's upfront right away. It's like, I'm not yeah. going through. Cause I, you know, when I started out dating, I thought that's what I was doing. I was like, why am I taking a woman, some young girl on a, a $350 lunch date, you know, back in 2001, <laughs> right. because I'm hoping that she'll just give me what I want physically, right? right? Like that's the transaction in my head that I think I'm going to get. But you're and not when I didn't get it, it, right? Yeah. So that wasn't fair for me to like, you know, to be so presumptuous, right? Right. right. No, one, no one should be that, that way. That's shitty. But I was trying shit out. I didn't know. No one taught me. Yeah. I was left to the wind to my own, you know, devices. <laughs> I think a lot of us are right. We're just left to figure it out <clears throat> on ourselves. We don't have people teaching us how to interact socially on this level. Right. Well, some people have good teachers. They have good parents. You know, they get a good father or mother that that really like you know teaches Open. them about life, how to set up for life, that do how to make smart moves and save money and do all these things. I had none of that. Well, so yeah, maybe like that, life. but I just mean like social interaction with dating and all that, and how to even how to interact. What? Yeah, yeah. yeah Dude, my my dad gave me the advice. What's that? Who's honest about that? How they got a woman? You know what I mean? No man is. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'm real honest. I'll tell you. I'll tell you all my awkward stories, but it might like I, my dad gave me like the reverse of good advice. You know, I was nine years old when he, when he told me, he's like, he's like, listen, you make your money before you get married. Don't you dare get married before you make your money. Wow. And he says, until then you're part of the four F club. I was like, dad, what's the four F club? He's like, find them, feel them, fuck them and forget them. I was like, oh, okay. Chicago. Okay, dad. Yeah. <laughs> I, that that was similar, right? My dad told me to make sure I have my life in order before I get married to make sure I have everything that I want out of life. 
ready yeah. and set up in LA. Like I can buy a house. I can do all these other things. I can provide for a family. That's what he told me. <laughs> he, didn't, yeah. he, didn't, he wasn't quite as crude as that. Yeah, no, my dad was like, he didn't, he was married, he was still married to my mother at the time when he gave me that advice. And you, know, you could just tell, like, he didn't trust women, didn't like women. And I've spent most of my life that way. Like, I, you know, I used to always say, like, from the neck down, it's like, you know. Yeah. So now that I'm changing, I don't really deserve respect, but I am changing. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad good. you guys were here for my therapy session today. Hey, yeah, of course, Marco. <laughs> Anytime. Usually you're my therapist, so it's good to be on Oh, we're good. Right. Like oh, that. thanks. Yeah, oh, I needed it. Oh. <laughs> All right. So just for fun, just to close out here, let's do, um, I don't know if this will be fun, but it was interesting to me. It's a political <laughs> compass test. And I don't know. We'll get through. Let's, I don't know how long it'll take, but let's say let's do it for 10 minutes and see what we get through here. I'll read off the, the propositions because that's what they are. They're not really questions. They're propositions. And you got four ways you can answer. It's strongly disagree disagree agree and strongly agree so you can't be completely neutral you have to be one way or the other Perfect. now having having read this and done this test myself already um i feel that it's far too ambiguous with some of these propositions but we'll see what you guys think so the first one is if economic globalization is inevitable so a one world government and economy it should primarily serve humanity rather than the interests of transnational corporations totally you think jason totally agree yeah so strongly agree on that yeah it should be for the people not for the company for sure. right i agree i'm with you guys too i strong i strongly agree you know corporations already have too much power they they deserve some credit for the benefit the niceties the amenities that we have in our modern life but for mostly they, they're abusing us with it um that's my opinion Let's see. I'd always support my country, whether it was right or wrong. I mean, disagree, I guess, but like, I don't know. Like, how, so how what if, if you strongly disagree? Does that mean you revolt? <laughs> I guess it depends how wrong it is, right? I would, I would agree with that. Yeah. If you strongly disagree, then you, you'd be one of those people that are willing to riot or it's a cause. Maybe a cause could come up that would. Uh, well, I'm sorry, not riot, but maybe riot would be like the ultimate extreme, but like protest at least. Mm -hmm. Or disagree. Yeah, or agree. I don't know. Can I parse that? Yeah. What? What is country? Is it the land? Is it the people? Or is it the government? Well, that's the thing. Well, I would say exactly. the government, right? Cause, okay. I would say what, the country as in whatever the government does, whether it was right or wrong. Because I feel if 71%, 75%, two-thirds of the country believes in something, yes, I strongly agree that I would always support that. But if the government mm -hmm. is doing something like Ruby Ridge or Waco, then no, I feel that I have no responsibility to support that. Well, doesn't that contradict what you're saying then? Because so, it sounded like you were saying that as long as most people agree, then you, you, you'll you jump on. You'll you'll defend it with them, even if, if it's if you don't agree if with If country it. is the people, then I will mm -hmm. secede to the majority opinion, even if... So then you would... you Okay. Yeah, even if it didn't benefit me directly. So you would agree, then you would support the country, whether it was right or wrong. If country always, was people. If country, if country was, was government, people. then no, I would slightly disagree i'm going to counter that because i um i think most of the time i separate the the, the government from the people like mm -hmm. i there's all my online gaming friends that are chinese i love them to death right. they are such kind wonderful people 
Um, they got their shit together. They, they're so much more mature than I am and smarter. Mm-hmm. And their government sucks. I hate the Chinese government. Exactly. So I make that distinction. But because of that, most of what the Chinese government might do, I disagree with. I would not be along with. I would not. So if I was there, I'd be probably dead or in a black bag by now or something like that. So that's interesting. <laughs> exactly. That we, we exactly. look at that differently. Well, okay. Because country is people and politics mm-hmm. is getting those people to believe the country is government. Isn't that sad that those are two separate things? Because to, yeah. to, in my mind, well, like founding this be, country, yeah. it's supposed to be one entity. Yeah. yeah. Right. Left arm, right arm. Hmm. Yep. All right. Next is um, no one chooses their country of birth. So it's foolish. So it is foolish to be proud of it. Just, I, you guys have any kind of national strongly, pride in I you? I strongly disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. people are allowed to go anywhere they want on the globe and live for as long as they want and move to wherever they want after that. And to be proud of where they came from, I think, is the anchor that holds a human's perspective in place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's your, your your umbilical cord to... Uh, right. Yeah. The mooring to the to sanity. <laughs> right. What do you think, Zach? No, I think it's okay to be proud of where you come from. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, even from your ancestry, even, I mean, I have no connection to, you know, Holland and, uh, the Netherlands and, you know, Germany, but I'm still proud to come from that kind of like lineage. I think it's cool. My last name means a uh, professional warrior. I think that's badass. Yeah, you know, badass. I have nothing to do with that though, <laughs> but I think it's cool. So I, yeah. I mean, I, I would disagree with the statement and agree that it's, it's totally cool to uh, be proud of where you come from and who you are. Okay. I think that's part of your identity is where you grow up regardless of your choice and where you grow up. Well, yeah, I I even put just to add to that, I posed, I was on a construction site once we were building a concrete road and we're talking with the guys while we're waiting for the trucks. And, you know, I asked him like, Hey, where are you from? And, you know, some guy said, you know, he's, Oh, I'm Irish. I said, like, I'm like, Hey, where are you from? He's like, Oh, I'm Spanish. You know, it went around the whole like room and they're like, what about you? I'm like, I'm American. Yep. I was like, you were all born here too. How come none of you said America <laughs> or U.S., whatever, you know? Yeah. So I always thought that's kind of interesting that a lot of people, though, even though they might be proud of their flag and they're, they're you know, they, they come across as patriotic, they don't consider themselves from here, even though they were born here. That's very strange. Uh, you know, there's a story. Yeah, but then you get people that like, like uh, first uh, or second generation, like, like Eddie, like he, he's, you know, his parents are from Poland and he right. grew up in America, but he's so proud to be from America. Which I mean, that's how I am. I'm the same. Yeah, same. Yeah, exactly. But I'm just saying, contrary to what you were saying uh, about the the group of people um, who were saying they were from other places, you know, like they're Irish and you know Spanish and all this other stuff. Yeah, but they they meant they meant their their blood, their ancestry. They didn't. They were definitely all born here in America. Right. James Baldwin had a story. He was in France, and somebody from France said, "Where are you from?" And he said, "I'm from America." And she said, no, where are you from? And he said, I'm from New York. And she's like, no, where are you from? And he's like, the Bronx, America, what are you asking? And she's like, where are you from? And he's he couldn't answer because he didn't know his parents, like his ancestry was slaves. He didn't know where he was from. So America yeah. was his base, you know. That's that's yeah, yeah that's that might as, that's the big bang for for his bloodline as far as that's concerned. Right. America. I'm from America. <laughs> My mom's <laughs> from America. My dad's from America. What do you want me to say here? <laughs> yeah. 
That would be really weird if you didn't know your ancestry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't know what this person wants. I'm giving it to him. Oh, yeah. yeah. The only reason I know my ancestry is because I did the DNA test stuff. So it's like, mm. otherwise, I would have really no idea except for the, the lineage of my name, which is a German name. Mm -hmm. mm. Okay. So our, uh, our race has many superior qualities compared with other races. Do you feel that way about whatever you consider your race to be? <laughs> That's such a silly question. <laughs> I strongly disagree. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm yeah. going to say every race has its pros and cons. Yeah, I think, I think that's true. I think they all have to work together. I don't think a bunch of white gears work as well as a bunch of multicolored gears. <laughs> but I think we all have certain things that we're prone to dealing with better genetically. But I don't think mm -hmm. that makes a difference. Like educationally, I think people can learn. I think people can achieve based on them not on color but i think yeah well, i guess well i never thought about that because there are certain like um uh what do you call it? isolated groups of people who have like better lung capacity uh right. so they can they, they can do free diving for a longer period of time because like yeah. that's what they that's how they survive for like thousands of years um people who live on mountains like they they you know acclimated to that so they can have more yeah. oxygen they're, they're better at using oxygen in their bloodstream so yeah, I don't, guess, don't, I mean, it's not don't put a Norwegian incorrect. on a road crew, right? Like don't put yeah. a Norwegian as a surfer. He'll, he'll, I'll just, I'll just melt. Like I'm not qualified to do certain things, you know, and other people have the pigment that can withstand that. And I think that's cool. And eventually I would like to see everybody mixed with everything so that everybody has the best qualities. So we're all just everything. Puerto Rican eventually. We're all Port American and a Kennedy, whatever family guy, <laughs> American dad, you know, I'm from the well, future, his, Canada, Mexico, yeah, what's America name, got um, together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that what, a comedian made that joke. He's like this, he's like the quicker we all look like, you know, Puerto Ricans, the better, right? <laughs> like all, all this racial go away. That's right. Oh, uh, so we just need to all, you know, start fucking each other, man. Get to it. All right. The Let's enemy go. of my enemy is my friend. Ew, strongly disagree. I can have two enemies at once. Yeah, I strongly disagree as well. I mean, I'm just going to regularly disagree. Just think, regular. Yeah, because, I mean, you can also, they could Situation. also be your friend. They could also, mm -hmm. you can, you can use, um, well, that the, the mutual hate, I guess you could call that. <laughs> no, you're right. Um, but this is assuming that you automatically believe the enemy of your enemy is your friend. Well, then how like, do you, by default. Of I know that's what I'm saying. Some of these, some of these propositions, they they're just they require more nuance. What if you know I, what I mean? Like, what if I'm my own worst enemy? Yeah. Well, then what? Then my enemy. So you're never your my friend. Enemy is my I guess friend. that's possible. Got, yeah. That's an enigma wrapped in a metaphor. <laughs> yeah, wrapped in. Eat that space hot dog. Bacon wrapped right. analogies right here, right now. An audio <laughs> Give me too much to think about, man. <laughs> Military action that defies international law is sometimes justified. Never. Military action that defies. I agree with that one. I don't strongly agree, but I do agree. I think that, I think that unfortunately our record for that is really bad yeah. for anyone. But we're getting better at it. Because it's, it's technically invasion. But I do think that you got to break an omelet to make, you got to break, you got to, well, shit. You got to break a few eggs to make an omelet. Yeah. Make me a general, see what happens. Um, <laughs> because I just, I, I, I think it's the minority. If we were to look at it as a percentage, it's my belief at least that 
there, there are just sometimes in history in human civilization where we really should have said, you know what, man, Fuck these you. motherfuckers yeah. are causing way too much trouble. <laughs> yeah. When they took Britain Griner, I think we should have pointed all of our nukes and said, we're going in an hour. <laughs> you know, like, I was, Oh my God. Mad. But you were that mad at that. I'm, I thought she, I, I'm thought, mad at I think she's a hypocrite. Russia. I think anything Russia does is bad, but I think, um, Oh shit. I lost my thread there. <laughs> um, yeah, there's, there's well, times yeah. you need to react and then there's times when you need international order. Right. Well, that's a very, that's a very Trump stance. I have to say, Oh, here, you know, Trump just whip out your pistols right away. They look motherfucker. There's one thing that Biden and Trump believe in MAGA and AOC. And that is, we can't be the world police anymore. And that's, yeah. that's pretty, that's a cool slippery slope to be on. I like uh, that. Dude. We're no one listening to George Washington, man. Right. She'll listen to George Washington. Stay the hell out of international affairs. Let everybody else burn yeah. each other down. Right. <laughs> we got it good. We got you. We got, we got, we won paradise. Let's just put a wall up and let the good ones in and let everybody else figure out their problems. It feels like a song. Right. Hmm? They tore down paradise and put up a parking lot. It feels like a song. Yeah, that's a song. Oh, yeah. It yeah, is yeah. a song. Yeah. It's oh. Dolly Parton, right? No, no, oh, I don't funny. think so. No, it's, it's a girl uh, singing. I know that. No, much. no. Well, a girl, a girl does cover it. I'm gonna right. say, but I think it's Wallflower, Wallflowers or Train, one of those bands. I don't know. Maybe Zach's right. Maybe the original is a female. Maybe it's it not is. Dolly Parton, though. I don't know. I just remember put up a parking lot. Do, yes, do, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember that is the song. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was. Dolly. It might not be Dolly Parton, but it's like old like that. Yeah. It's All right, this one's kind of this one's weak. There is now a worrying fusion of information and and, and entertainment. Yeah, we're all going to agree on that. There's one. now like. probably for a lot longer than just now. Wait, but what is it? The uh, there is now a worrying fusion of information and entertainment. I think uh, that goes without question. I don't even know what right? that means. A in other words, fusion. like in other words, like. Um, you know, if you're a conservative, you hate you hate Stephen Colbert because he's just merging politics with entertainment, and uh -huh. it's not really entertainment anymore. It's opinion, right? He's just he's just he's just pushing uh, like a, a propaganda or an agenda, and every now and then making a joke. But like uh, what's his name, um, Norm Macdonald said, uh, the problem with SNL when he was still alive, he made this comment. I agree with him, was that the political jokes aren't funny because when you make a political joke about you know, a politician, you have to have some level of respect for them for it to be funny. Otherwise it's just hate. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's true. That's why a lot of political jokes to me aren't funny, whether they, no matter which way they swing, you know? Yeah. Um, I just don't know what a worrying fusion means. Yeah. It means you, you, you're worried that there's no line between them, that they're, they're really the same thing. So whereas information should be practical and logical and, and evidence-based, um, you know, there's no, and it should draw a line before it delves into comedy. You should know where that demarcation is, right? What, what's your, what's yeah, comes I mean, can't entertainment be or informational as well? Like yeah. look at Bill Nye, the science guy. That's no, it, it can, but it doesn't, informational. why does that have it to doesn't be? Re because it doesn't, because entertainment doesn't require there to be a, a hard boundary, whereas information yeah. does, right? For example, if you go in, if you have to have a surgery done and you got to meet the surgeon for this first time. Are you going to trust him based on the diplomas on his wall and all the good reviews he has, or that because he tells really good, because he's Patch Adams? Mm -hmm. See my point? I don't. So I can't think like, of I an guess, example but... that isn't a combination of the two. Like Star Wars was an indictment on World War II, right? Mm -hmm. Like 
there's movies have always been a relation of the world around us from a mm-hmm. perspective. Like I just can't think of anything that isn't also informative and entertaining. Except maybe I like think the, the Smurfs or Bob's Burgers. Those Bob's things Burgers. are, I think, solely entertaining. It's funny you put them together. They're very similar now that I think about it. Yeah. I think Bob's Burgers is a ripoff of the Smurfs. I never thought of it. I think, you know, <laughs> right. Right. Now that I think about it. Holy shit. It's very similar. Yeah. No, I think I think what it's trying to say, at least this is how I interpret it, is that this it's not a mirror effect, right? It's not mutually exclusive. So you can be entertaining and informative, but there are times when you can be informative, but not entertaining. And it, and that matters. Right. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that. That's what I think it's saying. I need so a, I, I need I, a which, which, which one says need. that this is a bad thing. Is that disagree or agree? So the, the, the worrying <laughs> usion part is, in my opinion, saying, claiming that when information, when something, in other words, information meaning something important, right? That matters to reality. Right slips into entertainment and becomes more of an entertainment than than a, than a reality than a truth or a fact or an evidence-based claim then it doesn't it isn't taken seriously anymore because you'll drop your entertainment you won't drop your medical bill you know what i mean mm-hmm. you'll stop watching a show you don't like but you you can't ignore your cancer you know what i mean mm-hmm. so that's not a joke that's not entertaining so like right? like dr oz used to to every week tell you to take something new for your health although it wasn't legitimate or validated right. so he would take information and blur that he would take entertainment and blur that into pseudo intelligence it's just pseudoscience yeah right. that guy i i was i was on that guy again with the manipulation thing i said earlier i yeah. was on that guy from day one i was like man don't you yeah. i was talking to my my aunt about it i was like don't listen to this guy why because he's got a tv show and he's handsome that's why he's smart he knows right. more than you Right. The doctors. Christopher Hitchens said it best in The Young Contrarian. He's like, anytime you feel like an authority has power, you're worried about an authority or you're talking with someone you think has authority over you, just remember one thing. They're human. Yeah. They're just like you. Mm-hmm. And I'm a podcaster, so I'm not worried about the blurring line between an intelligence and entertainment, you know, informing and because <laughs> that's kind of what I'm hoping to do for the average person. I think that. Right. I think that people see Democrats as these academics using words like oligarch and acrosity or whatever, you know, Mm. these words for oppression Mm. or asshole. And I think people down here just want you to call an asshole an asshole. I don't think they want to do an apple, an apple. We don't need another word for oppression. We get that. Dude, (laughs) honestly, the wordsmithing is out of control. And you know what's even more troubling than the, the new words to me is the uh, the bastardization of, of old words and right. using them in ways that they don't mean, you know, changing their meaning. I hate that. Yeah. I mean, I know all words. Everything's made up. We live in a world of made up things. <laughs> I don't right. mind changing words. I kind of like that. I love slang yeah. and how it but evolves like, and everything like that. Defining things that are just like I just learned about colorism and it's color class within a race. So darker brown people oh. are looked down on upon by lighter skinned you know or filipino oh that's in any culture yeah yeah but putting a word to that like i knew what that was but i never put a word to that so i appreciate that that's a way to start a discussion but these like what was the stagflation i was like come on (laughs) what am i supposed to think about that (laughs) how many times i'm going to dance around what it is right 
the, yeah, the Democrats are making, dude, yeah. Biden, Biden's administration's, yeah. they're falling so hard on that shit. It's like, just call it what it is, man, and get on with the show. Tell us what you're doing to fix it. Stop pretending it doesn't exist. It's like, but, but the answer no one's going right, to believe you, man. The answer was right there when Donald Trump said yesterday, ooh, that's a hard word for me. Democrats should have said, and he's the one communicating best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that that's his strong point is communicating. That's, yeah. you know, that if they had a Trump, well, I don't, I'm not saying we should have either way. It doesn't matter to me. I'm not like, you know, crazy. It's a person, like I right. said earlier. I wasn't going to ask you guys, damn it. Oh, um, sorry. Oh yeah. So like, um, one thing this about, is going off course. One yeah. thing about him, they did a study and most 70% of the words he used were two syllables. The other like 30% were like almost all one syllable. He never speaks above three syllables. And I think that's, that's on purpose for, for people that want to communicate to understand. Yes. There's, a, there's a book based on that. Yeah. It was written in the 1800s and it was written by, I forget his name. It starts with a B. He was the cousin or second cousin of uh, Albert Einstein. Mm. And he is the book he wrote. I can't remember the name of the damn book, but this book is basically the Bible for modern propaganda. And it's how to give base all every political speech is based on it. Mm. You know, commercials, everything we listen to and see is in some way back to this book, this wow. I, this philosophy. But I was going to ask you guys, because um, I was we were you were talking about different colors in, in, in certain races, mm -hmm. and I was one thing that. I was thinking that the thought came to me of like, what word really pisses me off? Cause I'm pretty like even keeled, but the, like the one term that really, even before I say it, I'm getting mad oh, no. is reverse racism. I fucking hate that term. Wow. It is the most bullshit term ever in my opinion. So <laughs> I haven't talked mean? enough. Well, it, it implies that racism is invented by white people, right? Because right, racism right. can only, only happens to black people. That's the, the base, you know what I'm saying? Like that's the, the baseline for racism and then every other version of racism is just reverse racism in other right. words black people being that's where it came out of before now now we you know we're talking about everybody even you know mm -hmm. you see things for asian people i didn't even know if there was asian hate but apparently there's some or whatever right there's a but, whole bunch of it and i can't figure out why asians are adorable they make the best i think food. it's made up the women <laughs> are sexy. A, little, a little condescending asians are adorable they're oh, adorable they're so cute I, I was in a I was in a three year relationship with a four foot eight Filipino, and I oh, was the, I'm five foot seven, and I was the tallest person in the room by maybe a foot. <laughs> you know? bad feel. So that's what it feels like for me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah until you're at, you're at Thanksgiving Dude. and people are they can see you. Like there was a party and the cops came and they pushed me towards the cop car. They were like, "You talk to them," and I was like, "They don't hate Asians." Uh. <laughs> You know what? I had a funny racist moment that was Asian based. I went into an Asian nightclub with some uh, Japanese coworkers. Nice. And when I went in there, dude, every every man, it felt like every man and every woman were the same height. Not not to each other, but I mean, not to the you know, yeah. every female was the same height and every male was the same height, right? right. And it was all like right here. Yeah. So all I saw was the tops of everybody's yeah. heads and I felt like a giant. Yep. And it, I mean, I wasn't like judging them or anything, but it felt great. Like I was just a giant white person with long hair, just like stomping through this club and then everybody right. got out of my way. It's like I was driving my, my, you know, my old grandmark, 89 grandmark key. Oh, and best Kias were around me. It feels so good <laughs> until you're in a room with a nice. buffet and they're trying to ask you in Tagalog what you want to eat. And all you see is fish. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, oh you're not a fish, not a fish fan. No, they leave you the bones set? in it. I'll, you, I'll, I'll eat that oh, panset. I like panset. Yeah. It's the, only, it's the only Filipino dish I've ever had and I love it. 
Mm, adobo's good. Tur- tur- so what's what's a what's a phrase, a term, or a word that triggers you guys? Ooh, you gentlemen, Scholars coward. You know, being called a coward or like you know weak or anything Ooh. like that. Like that, yeah. that would get me. I'm like, dude, <laughs> you don't even know how hard I'm fighting back right now. Yeah. But what about a term that's not at you though? Like, I mean, Ooh. yeah, it's, it's. I feel it's like easier to get mad when someone like attacks you like that. But yeah. what's a term like you just read and just upsets you? Like it's not necessarily at you. Oh, what was it? Man, that's an interesting one. I do want to say if people call me lazy, it triggers me in a way. Oh, well, lazy. Yeah, but that's, but again, yeah, yeah. Zach knows. Yeah. When he calls me lazy, I, I just, you know, <laughs> kill Bill music plays. And I just right. Stupid, but, and they have to genuinely mean it. It's not like if, you know, whatever. I just, Actually, what, yeah. what really irritates me is when people assume and insult. Like when they look at anybody and, and just look at them superficially and then insult hmm. or bully based on that like like genuinely bully like right. they're not making a joke like they're genuinely hating some like something even or a snide, snide remark a woman will make to a man assuming something it's just it really bugs me when you could look at somebody get to know them and not like them because of who they are but you'd rather mm. just superficially pick on them for what they look like when you could mm-hmm. just take the extra step and not like that person you don't oh that takes effort yeah you, you know what i mean it's like oh i don't like you because you're white well what i don't <laughs> yeah people like, are surprised i've told i have so many racist uh, racism stories of, uh, where i was treated badly because i was white in my life i i have friends who of other ethnicities are like surprised. And when I told them, I'm like, yeah, you'd never know because you didn't ask. And who, whoever asked a white, a straight, <laughs> I'm a straight middle-aged white guy who gives a fuck about me. Hey, who cares what you think? <laughs> I'm public enemy number one, man. Yeah. You I, know, I tell I'm a pedophile, I'm a racist, I'm a Nazi, you know. Racism used to be learned from our forefathers. We hated black people because they hated black people. But like after the 70s, civil rights, 80s, we started just not liking based on experience i met a black guy once and he was mean to me so now i don't like Mm. all black people my friend Mm. my friend goes through that and then he one day he was like she was the nicest black girl and i was like does that go on your list like you don't like black people because of the 10 black people that screwed you but now do you like them a little more because one was good is this a sheet you're balancing here (laughs) we got the scales out Trying to determine who's good, who's bad. Right. A whole race because 10 black people did me wrong. Dude, there's like billions of them out there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point because uh, I've had this conversation because like, um, I'll give you two quick examples. One, the core for why my father is racist to black people is because, you know, a gang of them almost took his life. And he's been deaf in his his right ear all, all his life and partially blind as well. So... I know I try to look at that in like a logical, practical sense. Like, how would I be any different? Why wouldn't I hate a group of people if I thought, you know, one night their ambassadors tried to kill me, right? If that's right. like how the mind like, <laughs> frames that. Yeah. Right. I'm just saying that's how he probably thinks about it. Oh, I don't no. know. Well, because like you don't hate all white people because they were bullies to you, and, you know, growing give up. I'm a pass. So that's how, I mean, I, I think it's the same way for me. I don't hate all anyone because someone did me wrong it's like i just don't like that one person 
You know, right. that person sucked ass. I'm going to deal with someone action, else instead. Because of the action they decided to take against you. You know, not because yeah. of the color of their skin, because they I came think up takes, and stabbed yeah. you with a knife. Now you don't like, like, hey, I was I was mugged by two black guys. I hate black guys. Oh, two black guys saved my life. Now I'm even. You know, I don't know. I don't understand. I, guess, I, mean, I think some people weight things that way. I, I mean, so. you know, see your, and I, your, I can see why. I, I, can, I can see your survive. brain having, creating schemas, right? Right. And creating shortcuts, like, to protect yourself but then you also have your logical brain that can mm. supersede that and be like okay Why? you're being ridiculous right now let's presumably. think about not presumably like literally like i that's how i i deal with life mm-hmm. that's, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about at least from personal experience i've been mm-hmm. wronged by certain people before and then like you know i'll i'll protect myself in certain ways but then i'll i'll think about this and i'll be like okay you know not all people are like this you, you gotta treat everyone as a new person because they are and you don't know how they're going to act that doesn't mean you have to trust them right off the bat because i don't trust anyone you You know you have to you have to you have to like learn their what they're what they're capable of and how they're going to treat you but new people yeah i find stuff on old triggers all the time Mm -hmm. well yeah the other example i was going to give was uh, i worked with a a turkish guy right and as i said i'm first you know generation born here but i'm mostly bulgarian right Mm -hmm. bulgarians and Turks don't get along. And there's a good reason. I mean, if you look at the history, um, Eastern Europe, especially like the areas like Bulgaria, Yugoslavia, things like that, were under basically slavery. They were under like, like under, they, they were slaves even much longer, over twice as long as the slaves here in America. Oh, yeah. And so there's a long, deep hate for the, the Ottoman Empire, the Persian Empire, and then the, the Turkish government, right? Mm-hmm. And I worked with a Turkish guy and he was. Even he, he knew I was of Bulgarian descent. I'd never met him and I heard he was a nice guy, but it didn't matter to me. I treated everybody the same at first. Right. So, but he was apprehensive to work alone with me one day and I could just tell he was being really sweet. He was really quiet, really kind. I'm like, and we came up in like a lunch conversation. I'm like, you know, everybody said you're a nice guy. Umet. I'm like, I have to agree with him. I think you're like, you're really a nice guy. And he started laughing. He's like, he's like, Mark, I have to be honest with you. I didn't know if we could work together. I'm like, why? What are you, what are you talking about? He's like, well, he's like, you're, you're Bulgarian. I said. No, not really, but okay, I'm Bulgarian. He's like, why? I'm like, what? You don't, you don't like Bulgarians? He's like, no, Bulgarians don't like me. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, why wouldn't they like? He's like, I'm Turkish. I'm like, oh, okay. So and then, so I dropped my face a little bit, but I wanted to think like, now I hate him. You right, know, like, right. oh, you, you know, <laughs> so thanks for letting me know. You know, you're human but, first, uh, and then you're American, and then you're Bulgarian, well, right? Like, yeah, let's break exactly, it down. Exactly. Exactly. Good person and asshole, right. and then that's it. Wherever you fall. Like those are your categories. Choose wisely. Right. You know? I hate stupid people. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. If you're stupid, I'm not gonna <laughs> like you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ignorance is curable. Stupidity is not. Right. That's for sure. I like that. So yeah. so yeah. Okay. So go, Zach. I was gonna say the word. Mine's not gonna spark as nearly as a good conversation as that. But mine is just like okay, weird flex. Like I hate that. Weird like that, flex. That like phrase. A- okay, weird flex. Like, so do you hate those kind of like like uh, millennial type phrases like YOLO and all that kind of shit? Yeah, YOLO is whatever. Know. That doesn't bother me. I don't live Sorry, by it, but it's, it's whatever. Like, I just hate okay weird flex. <laughs> like that one's like really bothersome to me. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm not flexing on anything. I'm just right. – that just happened to be the story. That just happened – like I just happened to have this happening, you know, like or whatever. But okay weird flex. And even no matter who says it, I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> like I hate that word. Wow, that's we like that's like sorry, sorry, not sorry. Like you don't know what sorry yeah, is. No, sorry, not sorry. Yeah. That's another one that, that bothers me. Yeah. That's a bad. Yeah, that's a shitty one. Yeah, 
you don't know what sorry is to begin with. <laughs> yeah, how magnanimous of you. You were sorry and then you weren't. I'm glad we could work that out no, alone they inside sorry, of you. They, they were sorry that they weren't sorry. <laughs> they should be sorry. Everyone agrees yeah. they should be sorry, but they're like, sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> so fuck you. <laughs> i've called people out when they've said they're sorry i'm like you're not sorry you're gonna right, do man. it again don't say you're sorry it's okay like it's shit okay, happens dude. but you're not sorry you're gonna do it again right. you don't feel oh. bad i pulled a joke george carlin once made this joke before one of the stand-ups before he died he's like he's like I don't, you know, he was basically saying how he hates like people offer like oh my condolences and mm-hmm. if you need anything just let me know yeah and, and i he made the joke like who cashes in on that you know and i think even larry david pulled that on his show and i did that once at my grand my grandfather's wedding on my mother's uh, or wedding funeral on my on my mother's side and uh was someone i knew that they i didn't like them they're just like a friend of the friend or whatever right like if you know if you guys need anything let me know i'm like you know what actually we do it's like we have all this old mm-hmm. stuff of his that we need to move and he's got this really old like lazy boy you know like, can you just come over and help us move it? And they're like, oh, yeah, well, okay, I'll, I'll see what I can do. And it's just like right away you knew, like, you're not offering me help. You're just full of shit. See, that's the thing. I don't ever, if I ever say anything like that, I never say, if you need anything, because I, I don't know what I can do, you know, what you need and what I can am capable of. So what I yeah. say is, like, if there's anything I can do, let me know. Like, if there's anything help I can give you, let me know. I'll, I'll be there. That, yeah. But I don't, I don't say that to everyone. <laughs> Only to those I mean it to. Because you know, like I like I said, I don't know what you I you gotta mean it. Of. Yeah, yeah. I think being, I don't know. You gotta be a man of your word, right? I mean, that's no, important. absolutely. No, it is. It is important to be a man of your word. If you say you're gonna do something, fucking do it. Like yeah. that's important because that's all you got is your integrity. Like that's how oh, people. Yeah. Are gonna, yeah. No, that's important. Yeah. What do you do when you lose your integrity? You have to meet new people. Yeah. It's right. Like, <laughs> try reestablishing. You can't. You know. Yeah. Like how do how do you how do you mend that? It's like um, certain people at work have done do. that. At like yeah. when we were squires and, and knights and stuff. Like people would say like they're going to do something like a, an extra thing, like maybe fix something or do whatever. And then they never get around. They never do. It. I'm like, dude, it's okay. If you're not going to do it, you just, just say, just don't even offer. It's okay. No one expects yeah, you to do these don't things. Me, yes. Don't make the offer to fail. Why, why would you do that? Yeah. It makes no yeah. sense. Yeah. Oh, a lot of people do that, man. I'm disabled. Yeah. That happens to me all the time. People assume I need help, and then they're like making excuses why they can't help me before they even offer to help. <laughs> and I had to explain to my oh, like you're just gonna drop it on them. Like, right. can you carry me to the football game that I parked too far from? <laughs> well, people people will think it's an easy, it's a slippery slope, and once mm. like a disabled person is an attachment that will depend on you all the time. And people are surprised when mm. my roommate he's like, you don't want me you don't need help with anything. Do you? He's like groceries. You get delivered. Everything else you get delivered. I was like, yeah, I don't like being dependent. People don't no, know for sure. They're constantly, and nobody like, likes that. They're Not constantly really. making excuses like, Oh, I wish I could be there for you more, but you know, and, and I'm constantly hearing that. Like, I don't need you around. I'm, I'm an introvert. <laughs> like I'm fine on my own. <laughs> <you know? laughs> No, most of the time people are just kind of their their work. They're negotiating their way out of a contract they didn't even yeah. make yet, right? They're just sort of yeah, yeah, worming out. They call, that's the old. That's another old term. We were talking about that when you stepped away mm. earlier. Like I miss the old terms, you know, like shell shock and worming out, like all these like really good sort of slangs that just are easy to understand. Yeah, I feel like uh, modern slangs are not very good. They're not very. They're too. I don't weak. know, They're man. Too- I love modern slang. Like bet, like it's that's good. Uh, slay, that's another good one. I love slang, dude. I, slang is so fun. Yeah, 
Mine's so <laughs> my good. Favorite, my so favorite good. is Mel. Bussin? Dude, Bussin? I love Bussin. Bussin is like something's good. Like food? Like, like dude, this food's Bussin. It's great. It's, it's See, what does that mean? Like, you have to add, like... Okay. I don't well, know the etymology, but I love it. Cabin, you get on a bus cabin. when you're happy, just randomly take bus trips throughout the city. Like, man, I'm busting. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, it's it's like particular to like like something being delicious. Like this food is busting. Like that makes no sense. That's my point. I would I don't need to. to it's it? slang. <laughs> yeah, you have to ride a bus. Yeah, like how does that make? Well, no, that's the origin no. of it, right? I disagree. Slang needs to make sense. It, it, I'm sure it makes sense. If you if you do the search in the etymology, you'll find out why. But I don't know. Um, like I also like no cap capping, you know, like that's good. Um, I miss throwing shade. Throwing shade was one of my favorite ones, but uh, that kind of died out. I like um, like slang. I get, I guess. I mean, I like that one's like self-explanatory. You ever use premise? R.I.P. Rip. Like I had a friend yeah, every time I, I would do time. something stupid. Rip. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, how you know you just did one. something stupid because you hear somebody yell rip. <laughs> My roommate is, he get all my slang now, it seems like half my slang is for my roommate because he, he, he had me saying that because he plays, used to play LOL all the time. So now in, in life, like a lot, I'll say rip or GG, mm. you know, like, mm. yeah, just like to mock, like it's over, just get over it and GG. You know? Yeah, right. What's funny is I met this girl and every time she would, she'd be on her phone and I'd ask a question, she'd be like, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with that for three months, just hearing, mm-hmm. so I trained yeah. all of my friends that were women to respond to me by going, mm-hmm. because every time they would say something, I would say that to them. And then they started using it. And I was like, <laughs> I like you, Jason. <laughs> Cause I do that shit, man. And sometimes I feel guilty about it. I'm like, I'm playing with these. These people don't know that I'm playing with them like this whole room is starting to do this shit that i just started in there and i don't want credit i just want to watch them die <laughs> i just changed the world right. well, yeah. you're gonna meet ten thousand people in your lifetime you're gonna change the world what are you how, are, how are you gonna change it that's why i was i was pointing out a thing i saw my um my brother and i were talking about our like comments and reviews like on social media and like which ones were like you know well voted and which ones you know popular which ones mm -hmm. weren't and I had this really popular youtube comment because i was watching this video on a guy who claimed to be in total peace with being a hermit right he had some argument with a business he had as a young man in his 20s with his brother and he walked away from it and he went out into the mountains of chile to just be a farmer and no one ever saw him for like 37 years or 40 wow. years or whatever it was Great you know, it was alive Mm -hmm. So some some descendant, a, a, like a niece or something, decided to make a documentary of trying to find her uncle, right? <laughs> and they find the guy, and he seems pretty pleasant, but you can tell he hasn't been around people for a long time. And he just, he was, but right away he was proud just to say how wonderful his life is and how, you know, it's so great being alone and how little he doesn't need of like a lot of things. But I pointed out that it was really strange that he had extra tear, extra chairs for his table in his kitchen. He had four chairs, even though he lived alone. Oh. Why would you want? It's almost like he's expecting company. Yeah. Right? Like all that time, he wanted these people to show up. And that's why I think, actually, I don't know. Where the fuck was I going with that? I don't even I, know. I, I forget. Have, I have one chair in my area. Just one chair. Because <laughs> I've thought about that. I don't want people over. <laughs> I don't want them staying long enough to need a chair. You're a true hermit. Yeah. See. <laughs> You're bussing. That guy was uh, painting. Yeah. 
<laughs> See, now I sound like an old man. Thanks a lot, Zach. And you You're just welcome. Hey, anytime. That's why I don't use slang until I hear it enough and it hits my head. Like, okay, that was a good time to say it. And then I don't say it for a while because I'm still like trying to feel it out. Yeah. But uh, gotcha. And then good. once Marco so. says it, it's no more useful slang. It's just old man rhetoric. It's just old man. Old shit, man yeah. rhetoric. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's been, it, this has been a great conversation. I don't want it to end in fact, but um, why don't we do it on a positive note? One thing you do on your show, Jason, on podcast, uh, uh, sorry, public. Public Access America. It, it takes practice to say. No, I knew it very well, but thank you. I, I just wanted you to say it. It was a tease. <laughs> um, on Public Access Americas, you end your show often with uh, like good advice. Ooh, so I think that's really cool. I like and that. I don't want to steal it, but since you're here, we can steal it for now. So uh, what would your good advice be My to good the world? Advice? I would like to, I just thought about this this morning. I'd like to give advice to the younger men because I'm an older man that's been experienced with older men, like hanging out with them. If you cross your legs, if you sit Indian style, stop. Because when you hit 50, you're going to have to stop because your hips are going to be bad and you can screw up your hips by sitting that way as I've done all my life. <laughs> so practice um practice stopping that you know just sitting normal for your health for your future for your health yeah <laughs> for your health for your that's hip. good i didn't expect that yeah. that's actually pretty yeah. interesting now you got me I'm, i don't i'm not a cross-legged sitter in fact i'm very much an exposer i call it because i'm i was just fan my fucking shit yeah i man spread i don't know why i'm not thinking about it but and it's not it's not like it's like impressive or anything it's nothing to really be it's impressed another about shitty like term, man spread man spread yeah all that it's all that's another shitty stuff i i think that sitting on the ground is actually really important because it helps you to be mobile and keep your hips open and then you're finding different positions and you're constantly shifting and stuff like that i like that so yeah it's good stuff i Mobility. hate sitting on the ground Absolutely. I have to. I'm not. I'm too big for most chairs and couches and things like that. So it's like I'm just gonna sit on the ground. I can't break that. I like sitting on the floor too. <laughs> really? Yeah. I so the, yeah, you said you sit Indian style, but it's it, but it's been bad, is what you're saying. It, it is good. bad. I shouldn't be doing it like I am right now. <laughs> oh damn! But I do so it. It's a hard. It's device. a hard habit to break. And I had an uncle who had a hip replacement and all he wanted to do was cross his legs. And my whole responsibility was to say, stop so it could heal. Mm. And it was the worst thing. Mm. And now I'm going through that. Then I'm going to be like, Oh, so I should train myself ahead of time. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for being with us today, uh, Jason. And uh, I can't wait until we do it again. It's an honor. It's an honor. I love your show. People should listen to more shows like this. Learn how to talk with people. <laughs>